Royals and Ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! It's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number 12. We are joined by one of the stars of The Wizarding World and the Fantastic Beast Films actor Dan Fogler. We'll talk about the horror film he wrote and directed, as well as his horror anthology graphic novels, his brand new post-apocalyptic graphic novel that just came out called Brooklyn Gladiator. We go to the screaming room and delve into some fantastic horror comedies. Jump on your broomstick, let's go. The name of this story is The Witch's Vacation. Now... Let's begin. I'm Dan Fogler, and you are listening to the Boo Crew Podcast. <laughs> Was that too much? The Boo Crew dusts a fright flick off the shelf for horror homework. I got a cool intro. We're looking at one of our favorite subgenres that have you laughing in the face of fear. <laughs> no, it sucked, but we're using it anyway. Horror comedies. Well, actually, Austin and I, we watched a movie together, and the movie was Gremlins 2, The New Batch. And the most important warning of all, we told you to never, ever get them wet. You didn't listen. Wow! <laughs> I haven't even seen Gremlins 2. Well, it's funny, you know, because really? we're thinking about it, right? And we're thinking, well, what about Gremlins? Does Gremlins count? I, speaking for myself, come across people who haven't seen Gremlins 2. Like Trevor? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I usually don't remember seeing Gremlins 2. I you remember seeing Gremlins remember 1. Gremlins yeah, 2. You would See, remember Gremlins 2. See, then I have not seen yeah. it. So one thing I recommend is a sketch that Key and Peele did. If you just Google Key and Peele Gremlins 2... <laughs> You will find a sketch. That's all I'll say. Just watch it. All right. If you haven't seen Gremlins 2, you should watch it. If you have seen Gremlins 2, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. So Gremlins 2 came out in 1990, obviously a sequel to 1984's Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante, who directed the original. People don't know Joe Dante. He's got an extensive horror background, including yeah. Piranha, The Howling, Rock and Roll High School, uh, old Corman guy. Yay. And they wanted him to direct the sequel because the first one's so successful. And he kept saying, no, 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 no. And then eventually they said, basically, you can do whatever you want. And he said, all right. And he fucking A did. Yep. He brought it's, it. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> he brought it. It's so, it's so crazy. So the idea is basically the main characters from Gremlins after experiencing it, they've now moved to New York, the guy and the girl. And, you know, they're struggling. It's, it starts with a super sappy, nice, you know, I don't know how we're going to, you know, having a hard time making ends meet. Don't worry. I'll, you know, I'll going to make it in the clamp tower, which is, you know, kind of the version, 1990 version of Trump tower. (laughs) It's this super high tech facility where nothing works right. The movie is a brilliant satire. Mm -hmm. It satirizes technology, cable television, sequels. It makes fun of sequels inside the sequel. It makes fun of Gremlins, the original movie. Leonard Maltin has a cameo. Where he's reviewing the first Gremlins, giving it a negative review, and the Gremlins come and kill him. Oh, yeah. wait! Is it is it, is it told? Is it told in a way that like they made a movie about the no, real no. experience? No, not at all. 
That's just in there because the movie's so crazy. Okay, so the movie opens. <laughs> it sounds like a Muppet movie. Yeah. The, it kind of is. Yeah. Wow. It's a horror yeah. Muppet movie. Wow. Because it's all puppets and practical effects. It's right. puppetry and stop motion. Wow. Rick Baker. Rick Baker. It, yeah, exactly. So so Rick Baker did all the uh, creature designs and he didn't want to do it originally. Chris Wallace did the creature designs in the first movie. But he was too busy at the time. He was doing the sequel to The Fly. So he wasn't available. So uh, Joe Dante reached out to Rick Baker, who uh, declined because he said he didn't just want to mimic someone else's designs. Joe Dante assumingly said something to the effect of, oh, no. You can do whatever the hell you want. (laughs) (laughs) So they did amazing stuff. They did amazing puppetry. When there was only just the puppets together, puppets interacting, uh, like Gizmo, they would actually double the size of Gizmo so that you could really see the detail and all the features and all the animation, the articulation of the puppetry. Yeah, they do so much more than they do in the first one. There's a talking one who gets super intelligent and uh, has a whole conversation about what it, what the species is and what species represents. And, <laughs> and the puppetry on that is amazing. It's amazing. So they shot all the live action stuff first and then they did like, what, six weeks mm-hmm. of puppetry? Yep. Just puppet stuff. Yep. Wow. That sounds dirty. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Christopher Lee is in it. Jerry Goldsmith did the music. So many cameos. Chuck Jones came out of retirement to do the opening Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck bit that opens the movie. Really? It opens with Chuck Jones' Warner wow. Brothers animation making fun of just the idea of movies in general. Like, it's just, it's just brilliantly funny. It has all the gremlins' horror. People are attacked. People are killed. You see amazing, gruesome stuff within the gremlins themselves. You know, they're vicious gremlins. <laughs> Check it out. So yeah, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> You'll cry. Yeah. My movie has a cast that features Columbus, Tallahassee, Little Rock, and Wichita. I'm talking about 2009 Zombieland. Welcome to Zombieland. Oh, oh yeah. It's a classic. I actually got my non-horror fans to watch this movie and they loved it. The amazing thing is you have Woody Harrelson playing Tallahassee and you have uh, Jesse Eisenberg playing Columbus and Emma Stone Stone playing Wichita and uh, Abigail Breslin playing Little Rock. They're all nominated for Academy Awards. They're all Oscar nominees. For Zombieland? No, no, no. For various movies. (laughs) But the first one to win was Emma Stone just last year. So pretty amazing that this whole cast is coming back for part two. So they're doing a sequel. They're doing a sequel with the the whole cast. Oh, really? I mean, I didn't know that. Suits it now since zombies are the biggest thing since sliced bread now, right? Yeah, director uh, Ruben Fleischer Guess what, Lauren? He was inspired to make Zombieland after watching Shaun of the Dead. Of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> Best movie ever. No, but this movie is so goofy, it just makes fun of itself. It's got a super simple premise. Jesse Eisenberg's character, all he wants to do is leave Texas and go back to home and Ohio to see his family. You have Woody Harrelson. All he wants to do is get to Florida and find Twinkies. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> right? And then you have uh, the, the two sisters, um, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin. All they want to do is go out west to some amusement park. So it's like they all have different goals, right? And they're all silly goals. You don't know how the rest of them survive, but the reason why Columbus survives is because he has these rules. He's got these zombie land rules, right? Rule number 37, rule number four, rule number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they're all silly, but they show you in like a montage of going through these rules why he survived. But the movie is so crazy because you just don't know where it's going to turn, where it's going to go. And characters fight within each other. Then, you know, they've meet these girls and fighting with them and you know it's like these girls want to go here they want to go there you know so but in the meantime there's zombies and zombies and zombies and they keep killing zombies and and it's awesome then you get the surprise cameo 
it's silly as hell, super goofy, but a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. Blood and guts were very creative. I give all the credit to the writing. The guys who wrote this, uh, Rhett Rees and uh, Paul Wernick, if you can write good comedy, that's what just sucks me in and makes me, makes me a fan. And that's what made me a fan of this movie, is that the jokes were well written, it was well acted, sprinkling with blood and guts and gore and zombies. So I'm like, you know, what's not to love? We ended up watching Tucker and Dale versus oh, Evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got your friend! They captured Allison! Have any of you guys seen this thing? No, I've no, been, we I've wanted been to. meaning to. You know what? I've been meaning not to see this <laughs> movie. <laughs> what Which is weird. I don't know. I always thought the title kind of put me off. I mean, when it came out in DVD, I remember seeing it in like the shelves at Target and Best Buy. I mean, right. Tucker versus... It's like, ah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a good horror comedy. It just sounds like some goofy thing. Right, right, right. Was I ever mistaken? It was really good. It was so good. <laughs> It was written and directed by Eli Craig, the son of actor Sally Field. Really? Mm -hmm. Premiered at the 2010 Sundance Film Festival, followed by a limited release in the U.S., shot in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and British Columbia. The homeland. (laughs) (laughs) Also stars any Canadians listening. Fellow Canadians. Well, I guess I'm an expatriate now. Isn't that what they call me? I have to get my uh, arrow bars in the mail now. (laughs) Anyway, it stars Tyler Labine, who was a guy any Canadian will know. He played Ryan Gosling's best friend in the Canadian high school sitcom Breaker High. Oh, that's funny. Did you ever hear that show? No. Yeah. It's no. like a high school sitcom that took place on a boat. And it was on the... <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So they were... on the high school on a boat? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's Breaker High. What? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, funny. So Ryan now. Gosling would rap and stuff. He was like a rapper and he'd rap and... It was funny. Anyway, so Tyler the Bean <laughs> plays one of the hillbillies. His buddy is played by Alan Tudyk, and he's in Dodgeball, 28 Days. He does a ton of voice acting. He was actually the Duke of Weselton in Frozen, which is was on high, high rotation in the Shan van. Oh, wow. Yeah. Star Wars, Rogue One. Yeah, he was in that, yeah. too. Yeah. Firefly. Ab- oh, yeah, Firefly. Firefly. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Two of these guys play these hillbillies, and they're suffering a case of mistaken identity at the hands of a group of camping college kids in the woods near their newly purchased cabin there starting to renovate. It became a cult classic once it hit the streaming and DVD market, and it's so easy to see why. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. And I liked the relationship between Dale and Tucker. They was just really cute. It just it was like it, a Sean and Ed kind of thing, yeah, right? I think it reminded me a little bit of Sean of the Dead, which is my favorite. But I couldn't review it because we've already talked. About it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if Lauren had her way, she'd be reviewing Sean of the Dead like, right now. Let's do let's Shauna just talk about Sean of the Dead because I could talk about it. Anytime. But yeah, it was very much in the spirit of Shaun of the Dead. It took standard horror movie tropes and kind of flipped them all inside out. So it wasn't goofy like I thought. It actually had a lot of thought to it. And it was delightful and surprising in ways that had me laughing out loud and how fun and how gross it all was. The gore is plentiful and it's awesomely done. It'll quench fans of Evil Dead to Wrong Turn to Shaun of the Dead. And it actually has a really cute love story. And it's got social commentary on judging a book by its cover because basically all these kids think that these hillbillies are psycho killers so it plays on that the whole the whole time huh. it's really funny yeah it's really worth checking out i really liked it they're in demand to do a sequel because it's got such a cult following and all the cast and everybody involved is so down for it but they have yet to come up with a script 
that they feel is worthy of a sequel because that's how much they all loved working on the first movie. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll return to the woods. Don't snooze on it because I was about to. It's seriously now up in the list of some of my favorites. Like I could probably watch it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now I need some Dale and Tucker props. The Foo Crew Podcast. Gremlins is a deliciously sweet, crunchy cereal that satisfies the hungry little gremlin that's in all of us. Gremlins, gremlins. Gremlin cereal is part of this complete breakfast. Gremlin, yum yum. Kaka, kaka. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining us in the Speakeasy studio with the Boo Crew is an acclaimed comedian, musician, playwright, voice artist, comic book creator, director, writer, podcaster. And father, he won a Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for his work in the magnificent 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee with the iconic Mr. Barfay character he created. Won countless other awards as well. He's appeared in over 50 film and TV projects as an actor, including Fanboys, Europa Report, Balls of Fury, Don Peyote, which he also directed, wrote, and starred alongside Josh Duhamel and Anne Hathaway. And let's not forget the role of mild-mannered Brooklyn Baker in Nomadge, Jacob Kowalski in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and the upcoming Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. He is a horror connection as well, having written and directed the film Hysterical Psycho and creating the acclaimed graphic novel series, garnering an almost cult-like status among readers, horror anthology Moon Lake. He's also got a new project called Brooklyn Gladiator. However, do we get Dan Fogler in here today, everybody? <laughs> Let the seance begin. <laughs> Everyone hold hands. <laughs> careful, buddy, careful. <laughs> yeah, we had R.H. Stavis yeah. in here a, a few weeks ago, who you probably know. She's a good friend. She, and, she yeah, was we, awesome. We've Dude. created stuff together, and... Um, She's been on my podcast. I've known her for a long time. Did anything freaky happen? Oh, yeah. The lights started flipping on and off in the middle of the interview, actually. I nearly peed the... myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, developing right on a... cue. <laughs> <laughs> she's, um... Is that me peeing? <laughs> she deals with, uh, I guess, she kills demons, entities, right? entities yeah. from another realm. That's right. Yeah, Helping that's right. people with them. Let's go in and talk a little bit about horror. There's got to be a reason why your feature-length directorial and writing debut was a horror film and it came out in 2009 Tribeca Hysterical Psycho that started out as a like really as an acting experiment because there was this movie they approached me and it was to play a young Hitchcock and it was called The Number 13 and it was about a really cool little movie it was, you, remember the, you remember that movie uh, Shakespeare in Love yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so this Paul is Trill, yeah. this is Hitchcock's version of that so oh. you see a young Hitchcock directing his first movie he like wants to kill his lead actor <laughs> and uh, so it's a comedy and then he's he's like hey, the lead actor is just a, a maniac a pompous like loud and um during the editing hitch realizes wait a minute i can make this into i can make this into a horror film <laughs> so it's a, from this one shot which is hysterical there's if there's like this one take where you see the lead actor just being a jerk and uh you see hitchcock's hands like slowly creeping from off frame and <laughs> choking him and it's, it's supposed to be a joke but then he watches it and he realizes wait a minute this is brilliant so, so you see him turn into the thriller um, maker 
uh, long story short, in preparation for that film, I thought, shit, I'm going to play young Hitchcock. I yeah. better direct my own black and white, <laughs> um, you know, horror film. And, uh, you know, I'm not Hitchcock, but I just wanted to see what it was like to be on set and be a director and have that much responsibility and to actually complete it and say, yeah, I actually did. I've directed him. And so it was inspired by, I was like, what's my Hitchcock? You know, what's my psycho, essentially? Right. So that's hysterical, hysterical psycho. psycho. So it's, you know, it's, it's rock and roll Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's some great nods to Sam Raimi, like throwing the camera at the cabin or flipping the lake upside down. Some really cool visual stuff. Yeah, I've, I've, I approached it as I'm a novice. I never directed anything. I've been on a lot of sets and I just said, okay, I love this shot from this movie and I love this shot from this. And I tried to do as much psycho stuff as possible, but we were running gun and, and it was all out of pocket and we were all just friends up in the middle of the woods in Maine. We were just doing it for the love of the game and they were, they were just helping me out for this experiment and what blossomed out of this is the, the concept was that okay there's this place called Moon Lake kind of like the island in Lost it's on the border of America and Canada and it's just like displaced from time and the Bermuda Triangle leads there and you know <laughs> every conspiracy known to man the moon land everything everything leads through Moon Lake which is you're laughing because it's 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 just so many crossroads it's hysterical yeah that's what the graphic novel series came out. I was like, wow, if I can do one story about friends going up to Moon Lake and one of them goes nuts and starts killing everybody, I can do a whole like, history of Moon Lake. So that's what the graphic novel became. And now we're in the middle of um, developing it for animation TV Oh, show. wow, that'd be oh, great. Yeah. A huge influence on me when I grew up was the movie Heavy Metal. Uh, I thought... Uh, I would love to see that as a TV show because it's an anthology and it's short stories, but they're all tied together with the Lochnar. Yeah. Telling the narration throughout and, and you see the Lochnar pop in. It's a character sometimes. Sometimes it's just an object, you know, uh, an artifact. So uh, I thought, wow, what's my version of that? And so the Lochnar is essentially the narrator who is the man in the moon, who is basically Hitchcock on acid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, has a, he has a great song in Hysterical Psycho. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. In the middle of the movie. Yeah, there's like a there's <laughs> moon cheese, and yeah, commercials. Yeah, and, yeah, it's cool. uh, so yeah. I'm just trying to make my own little dark universe. Yeah, so when I was making that movie, I, it was about a bunch of friends that. Uh, go up to this place and because the lake bed is filled with lunar radiation <laughs> um, they all slowly go nuts in their own ways the main character Mr. Laffy he's just like this mild mannered dude and then he just snaps and he just starts killing everybody and uh, the guy who plays him is this guy named Randy Baru who directed me in plays when I was working my way up and we, we, we used to do plays and if, if he was liking the perform, he was an actor too but he went toward directing and if he was liking what was going on on stage you hear him in the dark. <laughs> like, That's not creepy at all. Yeah, exactly. You hear him just like kind of mouthing the words and then like trying to whisper laugh. So it would sound like this. He'd just be like... <laughs> oh my God. And then if you're acting on stage, you hear that. Like I'm in the middle of it. Rehearsals. I'm like, dude, I'm going to do a movie where you're a fucking psycho. It's crazy laughing. Just wait. And so we've, that he was the guy. So <laughs> stage 13, did it exist as a collective before no, going into the movie? Or was that actually, movie, we created it for the movie. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, That's cool. and then 
then it became uh, our th- so it was uh, Studio 13 which was the movie company yeah. which started with the Star Psycho but uh, Stage 13 was our theater group right so that was like our first play we did which was called Voyage of the Carcass which was uh, <laughs> about all the, like these like crazy vaudevillian clowns that get trapped up by the North Pole like during the exploring times during like the 20s and they get stuck on this boat and they all like cannibalize each other (laughs) it's very funny Uh, but it's this very crazy slapstick comment on just basically theater in general and uh, so we were already basically like acting like we were freezing our asses off with clowns chasing us right (laughs) so that became then we actually went out to Maine and froze our asses off with the clowns chasing us <laughs> yeah, so it was all very organic and and um, like my favorite movies are like Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like there's some fucking scary ass moments in oh, Raiders terrifying. of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are the kind of movies that I gravitated toward. But like movies like Poltergeist, the scary. You know what was the scariest movie that I ever saw was the original Frankenstein, the black and white one. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Yeah. I thought it as I saw. I think I was ten, oh. and I I, could, I I watched it through my fingers. Like I couldn't even, <laughs> you know, and then. And then uh was this like on your own or were your parents? I was with like, my parents. They were watching and I was like, what's this? <laughs> and I was just scared shitless from the original one. Yeah. But then my favorite movie became Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Nice. Makes sense. Which, uh, I guess it just made it all kind of balanced. Well, we did that coming into your room there. What did I quote? Coming into the bookshelf. Put the candle yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. I love that. There's a, the listeners know that you guys have got a secret room. Back. We always like talking about it, so yeah, we got a secret room. This yeah, is where the yeah, studio's yeah. in. It's so cool. It's a, this is a really cool place. Hey, man, thank yeah. you so much. So I want to ask you, you ended up taking the graphic novel, some stories of the graphic novel to the stage and doing them live. Yeah. Did oh, you yeah. do that with your with stage 13? Was that a yeah, presentation we got the, that? Yeah, totally. We got, the, we got the guys from the theater troupe together and we did a live reading of the graphic novel. Right. And we recorded it. We have songs and everything. That's it was so awesome. And basically, we projected the big pages of the graphic novel behind us while we read it. And yeah. we recorded the whole thing, and the audience was going nuts. And uh, yeah, they loved it. It just lent itself to that kind of old school Orson Welles. Sure. Feel. Yeah. Yeah, all those, those comic books. I mean, we uh, recently, it was the last Halloween, they did a Tales from the Crypt reading yeah. live Fun. it wasn't it wasn't as involved as what you did with moon lake or anything it was right. just you know two people up there and another third making noise with his, their mouth yeah we were thinking yeah. like a whole foley person it's like a michael winslow kind of guy like <laughs> i think you know what the, the, and the sound guy the sound effect guy was the only one with a microphone right that's so right it was just louder than everyone else was the rain sound effects <laughs> <laughs> I once saw this guy do a one man shining that was like oh, whoa. Oh, wow. fucking brilliant. What is really? that like? It was in college and he did every every character. Danny <laughs> and he had, <laughs> Oh my god. And he did he just acted out everything. There were, he had like great little like homemade effects like um the part where the blood comes out of the, the elevator. elevator. Yeah. Yeah. He basically had like a a little fish tank behind him <laughs> and he had the back wall of the fish tank where, where the elevators and the doors kind of open like he had like a little thing he'd slide in the door. and then he added this red food dye to the water and it just looked like it was it just wow. it's awesome he got applause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got 
This guy is going somewhere. Uh, but he have yeah. like a whole set of like for every scene. Did he have like you just turn like carrot top? You just turn around and come back. With Basically, <laughs> yeah. He had just like a, a hedge maze with yeah. He had like action little figures. <laughs> totally. Like he had a trunk and he had just like little dioramas. That's so stuff. cool. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. is he now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's still <laughs> doing. <it. laughs> that doesn't want to admit. I'm right here. Well, with, that, me. With, me. with that documentary and everything, that would be huge. That'd be right? amazing. Right yeah, yeah, man, I'd love to see well, that. I just saw Ready Player One. Oh, uh, yeah. The yeah. premiere. You know the concept, right? You can yeah. basically go anywhere. You're, it can be anything right, uh, right, in yeah. this little oasis world. They're trying to find all these clues to win this big race. You know, there's different levels, and they go to this le- what's one level, and it's The Shining. And wow. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> I got applause, man. I got applause wow. because you know, you know, you knew that Spielberg was uh, working with Kubrick from the grave, basically, to make this moment happen. Oh, wow. And they recreated it. You have the hysterical like video game avatars just being, "Oh man, I never saw The Shining." They look over, and they're just like the two little twin girls. Here. Like, man, you you girls better get out of here. <laughs> and, uh, and the blood comes the blood comes flying through the elevator shaft and it fills the whole screen up and the character is just swimming through this Whoa. like white water rapids of blood it was it's just this, just just incre- I mean whatever you think about Spielberg you're going to see this movie and you're going to say oh my god this is this is a spectacle that's never uh, been done before. Wow! That's and and Sp- what was um, the, like the what set up the whole movie was Spielberg walking out on stage last night and saying, "I want everyone to know that this is the most complicated movie I've ever worked on." <laughs> you start like thinking about his, yeah, all the stuff he's done, right? right. Wait, <laughs> how's that possible? <laughs> so you, you just you know you just brace yourself for the g forces of that because we read the novel, yeah, and, yeah. You, and the, the novel's great, and then like not. Long after that, the, it was announced they're making the movie. Yeah. How the fuck are they going to turn this into a movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was low. They, they couldn't. They couldn't fit everything in there, but what they did, they streamlined it in a really great way. And I've only read half the book. <laughs> uh, I didn't have enough time. Man. I got two kids. Uh, but um, uh, those who have finished the book said that they really appreciated the. Uh, you know, they thought that it really stayed true. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Did you see it in 40x? I'm going to. <laughs> Built for it, right? Your podcast literally gets sponsored by 40x now. Yeah. Like I heard you doing an that's ad. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. I, I just went over to the 40X Labs the other day we watched Pacific Rim Uprising yeah oh, wow. wow holy crap I've never <laughs> seen a 4D I've done 3D and I've done some of the Disney ones are close right with yeah. the like pumping wind in the theaters yeah. what is the 40X okay. experience so, has anyone else has anyone okay no, so this is like for me I went to one of these and I was like this is the wave of the future I'm gonna name a goddamn podcast after it <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hopefully they'll call up one day and say we'll be your sponsor you know because you know and they, that's what happened yeah uh, uh, but uh, the seats move. I f- you feel like you're feeling the twists and turns in the G forces of, let's say, being in the Millennium Falcon with Chewie. Wow. Okay. Wow. A little wind. They got snow. <laughs> really? Okay. No. It's like, it's like wow. dissipating foam comes down. <laughs> That's awesome. And you sit in the right, like, you know, sweet spot in the theater and you're just. And now they're making these screens that kind of wrap around and like you're fully immersed. Wow. You feel like I'm a big Star Wars guy. Yeah. And just to be given that feeling like the kid in me, I had the biggest smile on my face like, 
tears <laughs> coming down, <laughs> having to hold on to my seat. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the red crystal planet. <laughs> you know, and you just, you just can't help. Uh, I, I just can't help but be totally swept up in it. So I saw Pacific Rim recently. That you know, you, you feel like you're inside the Jaeger. Aliens, man. Holy crap! So yeah, so uh, Ready Player One is made for for that experience. Yeah, oh, wow. Um, See that. Driving around in a DeLorean and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Batman they should manage it. <laughs> right, they should go backwards and make some make some of these older movies and that's what I keep them, right? Like re- remaster them or remix them. Yeah, totally. that to them. I, they, and they yeah, they're they're really thinking about it. Like they can bring people back. You can imagine that's a, that's Jurassic a thing. Park. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. This, this recent Mad. I was yeah. just thinking about yeah. that. The most recent Mad Max, mm-hmm. who I did not need 4D for. I kept coming. I kept coming back. So that, so, yeah. so that in 4D would just be like the ultimate insane experience. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's kind of like for the the kind of people that like roller coasters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should do that for some of the Beast movies too. I think. Yeah, they did Fantastic Beast. They did in 4D. It was like one of the greatest things I've ever experienced. Oh my god! Oh, like, oh my god! 4D and and I'm watching myself. <laughs> <laughs> More meta than that. Right? <laughs> it's a little bit of Reese's <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Just kill me now. It's like five D. You watching you? Yeah, I call it, originally I called it the 4D experience because I was just like they'll eventually sponsor us. But then, but the joke was like it's called 4D because you you really feel like I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> in the room talking to you. <laughs> how, how long? Ago did you start that podcast? Uh, I'd say about two years ago. Yeah, yeah and, really and how often do you try and, and stay on top of it? It's like um, we, I, I don't know why I did this, but I'm like the only person that does seasons. So <laughs> <laughs> we're on, we're on uh, episode uh, season like 20, 20 of our third season. How many episodes <laughs> in a season? Or so the first cre- season had about the first season had about. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like ranging. Uh, it's about 20 and 20 a season. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Give or take. Yeah, no one else does that. But I think it's helpful for me because I can say, okay, guys, the season's ending. I got to go off the, the UK or exactly, something. Exactly. And um, this time around, I'm just like, screw it. I'm just going to, like, you know, you guys have this amazing setup here, but you, you can go out with uh, Anywhere, just like man. a Zoom mic or something. Yeah. And, or your and phone, guess. even. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it gets the job done. People just, they want to hear that conversation. And uh, But this this is awesome. We got, we got, we got a whole crew in here. <laughs> I wish this is clear. This is the way to do it. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. No, we're having fun doing this, man. We'll ask about Fantastic Beasts. You must have just wrapped, right? Yeah, we, we wrapped in January, the second film, and then press is about to start up. Wow. Uh, it comes out in November. And then nice. the, the press ride, it's going to be intense, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's global. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, the ensemble's expanded, but I'll, I'll definitely be around at different Comic-Cons this year and may go to uh, overseas to Asia. And depends on who they choose to represent but le- for the first movie yeah we went all over the place it was uh, it was pretty wild Japan China and uh, the UK and uh, here New York 
Canada. I mean, it's just, just like a whirlwind. Wow. And then I'm sure like staggered release dates. So probably just feels like it's never in. It's like a whole yeah. year just going around talking over and over again yeah. about the movie. Hey, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm really curious though. The cons in China, how big are those? Considering it's a communist country. What is the con experience there like? Comic con. Comic con. That gives me an idea. <laughs> I'm gonna do hippie con. <laughs> what was it like out there? It was interesting because the interviewers. They're all the same age, young people, at least at least for this, which was I felt like I was older than everybody for some right in, in the room. And I was just like, this is just very interesting. And <laughs> and, and I felt like I would say something like I'd be like, I'd give like a, you know, like a elaborate answer. Right. And then they would just be like, they wouldn't really uh, go into the full detail of it. So I felt like they were being edited. They had to oh, edit wow. yeah. So you could feel that. You can feel like, really? You said everything I just said? Okay. Um, That's a scene from Lost in Translation, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> well, I, actually, J- Japan was, was different. Japan was a lot looser and a yeah. lot, yeah, they were saying everything I was saying. It's hardcore there, but you get out there on stage and you're like, hey, here we are. And, and it's the same. It's a universal thrill. Yeah. Um, the kids are stoked. I mean, they're, they're just they're, they're going nuts for it. You know, that's it's great. Like, yeah. They're like screaming and yelling. And it's that's across the board, a common thing that the passion and the love for the for the franchise, the fans, the Harry Potter fans are just before the before the movie ever even came out. They were like, welcome to the family. And, uh, you know, we know it's going to be great. And they were just so welcoming and, and nurturing and lovely and that's cool about being part of this this fandom uh, this franchise but yeah each each different place had its own vibe I remember there was like uh, the pollution there you get all, uh, in Beijing yeah. was intense you could feel the smoke <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I well yeah you can you, you cut it with, cut a, it. with, a, with a machete <laughs> and I remember my guide who was this, this lovely lovely lady she said she would always say like we're not allowed to say this but the smog is intense like this because of the coal companies you'll see uh, on Sunday they made, she made it sound like they pull a lever <laughs> and then it'll all go away wow and I can tell you what happened on Sunday it was gorgeous out. You're kidding me. Wow. wow. Are you yeah. serious? I'm serious. She's like, yes, they let us breathe nice air on Sunday. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> but, wow. I mean, uh, you know, I, it, listen, we got a lot of crazy shit going on here. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the least of their problems. Uh, you know. But um, just to hear, that's kind of, it's like very sci-fi. I got this book, Brooklyn Gladiator, which is basically coming out April 11th. And it's a dystopian 2033 that the seeds of that world are being sown right now in our, like we are living in a sci-fi film right now. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so it's, so when you look at that, you'll see the events that are happening nowadays. It's not very, it's not a very far-fetched future that I'm presenting here in Brooklyn Gladiator. Right. Now I remember the Kickstarter. You started that back in 2015. You, you were yeah. talking about we, Gladiator. Yeah, so that was for the the preview book to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got that done, and then I finally sold it. <laughs> and they're going to print the, the basically the preview book. So that's volume zero, which is a hundred pages now of uh, about sixty pages of story and art and design. It's just just basically an introduction to this universe. And if you that comes out of April eleventh from Chapter House, you guys comic book fans. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah um, sure. Glenn Fabry did the cover. He did the covers for Preacher. Nice. Uh, Simon B. 
Beasley is uh, no way does the, is doing the interiors for Volume That's One. Really cool. Yeah, man. I got, I'm, I'm working with like all my favorite wow. people. A team going on there. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. so That's great. great. I was uh, just talking about him because of Lobo. Yeah, yeah. And why that, are we talking about Lobo? Because what the fuck's up with Lobo? <laughs> <laughs> Because those Beasley books are amazing, I know, and they just—they just, just kind of like happened, and then like that Lobo van, like where's that? Where's that guy? Where's that guy? Yeah, I think um, knock on wood, we're gonna we're gonna see some uh, Lobo. That'd be cool. Yeah, nice. Some irreverent uh, DC characters. Yeah. Going. So we got him, and if you, if you like Akira, uh, Escape from New York, Mad Max, mm-hmm. um, yep. Blade Runner, this is the story for you. And yeah. then wow. is, is Chapter House also doing an omnibus of the? Yeah. So Moon Lake. Two Moon Lakes. Yeah, so Halloween. It's just perfect. Uh, we have the Moon Lake Omnibus coming out, and that is volume one and volume two, plus 150 pages of previously unpublished material. So it's <laughs> it's just new. Half the thing is new stories. And it's, it's just going to be this big tome. If you buy the book, just, just get a sturdy coffee table as well. You don't want to just break right through. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you can use that to defend yourself. <laughs> Dark alleys. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I've always wanted to have an omnibus. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. So we're prop collectors, if you oh, hadn't cool. noticed. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, <laughs> but I've never asked anybody, what is like the protocol on a set for a prop? Like, mm. is there a prop master that brings it to you? Or are they like locked in a case? Like, do you check them out? like a library or are they just there (laughs) things that go through my mind are you allowed to take any home or is it you know what I mean are you shot each (laughs) each individual prop is in its own labyrinth Solve 15 riddles to earn While the prop master chases you with a sniper rifle. That's totally what I thought happened. I'm so glad you confirmed that. (laughs) Prop master starts Friday. That's basically it. Like, there's a prop master who is the genius behind all the the props. They have a team of their own people. And yeah, anytime you want to use a prop, they come in and here you are. Sir, <laughs> and, you know, and then like basically because actors are you know have tons of stuff on their minds while they're doing yeah. things, they come right in right after the scene and say, "I'll take that off your hands for you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't break it or whatever." You know? Have you uh, ever broken one? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, things get physical, and so they have like a million, uh, you know, copies of it. Too. Extras. Yeah, and also the suits and everything. You have like uh, you have your like combat version of your suit where it's a. <laughs> You have a little bit more room in the Yeah, it's amazing to work on a big movie like that. Yeah. I just read something about Harry Potter, uh, about Daniel Radcliffe. He, after a while, I mean, it's like, I guess he's starting to get loopy after like nine movies. <laughs> and, uh, he said like, he, to pass the time, he would just ask for, for extra wands so he can practice his drumming. <laughs> he would break wands all the time and be like, Get out! <laughs> 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 uh, um, 
<laughs> well, what about, you know, all these suits and things are like custom made to fit your body. And then what, yeah. they just take them away and they sit in a warehouse, so you don't get to wear them anymore? Yeah, they put them in a museum or something. <laughs> yeah. Put them at the arc light. You know, what, what, have you guys ever, uh, you guys, exactly, you ever guys ever been to the Skywalker Ranch? No, I have. you have. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Have you been in, into the archives? I have. Yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so, so you see like the all the different blasters, yeah. you know, just the different like yeah. all the different kinds of weapons and yeah, stuff that and, they have, and, the, and Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca's just chilling there Darth next Vader. to the yeah. the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yes, yes, there's exactly. Like a full. There's like a, a scale model of the Death Star. Mm -hmm. Can you so, just go? No, I mean you gotta have a like a you gotta have an inside okay, scoop. Okay. Is, that, is, that, is that up north? Mm -hmm. That's yeah, in, uh, in Oakland, County, right? Yeah. Oakland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy because you'll there'll be like a, a Captain EO you know, like a <laughs> 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 across Howard the Duck <laughs> next to like hot and carbonite. <laughs> it's like it's so eclectic and weird and such a you, you know, it's, yeah. it's so cool. It's wild. It's yeah. Like anything like yeah, just you're like this is like all of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Like wow. all over and you can just touch well, they're, it. Well, they're yeah. building that. There isn't Lucas has actually they've decided that LA is going to be the site of yes. the big museum, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're just going to dump all that stuff in there, I guess. Not is that necessarily. The, the museum is about visual storytelling. Okay. So it's going to curate from all these other locations as well as his own gotcha. collection. So it won't be all his stuff. It'll right. just be it'll probably be a rotation. Right. You know, like the Getty will, you know, yeah, any yeah, museum yeah. will rotate. I heard the Harrison Ford had a bunch of shit like like there's like a story where like there, a reporter went over to Harrison Ford's house when he was ha having like a couple years of his like reclusive period or something and, and then the reporter like went up to his attic and, and like just saw like full like a full Chewbacca standing there <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Harrison Ford, yeah, right. And Harrison Ford was like, "You like it? <laughs> you want it? Wow! Yeah, go ahead, man. You can jig it." He was wow. like, really? <laughs> yeah. he, he, you know, I mean, he was so funny. He was, he, Harrison Ford is like so like nonchalant and nonplussed yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 he even had it. You mean the giant Sasquatch fairy man? What's his name again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Take his foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, what I hear recently, they would find him. He would be <laughs> wandering on the set of the of the Force Awakens and be like, "Where the fuck is he?" And then <laughs> they'd like start smelling a familiar smell. Yeah. It's kind of misty out here. <laughs> Hanging out with seaweed PO. Are there any horror movies you've seen lately oh. that you can recommend that you love? Okay. I saw something that uh, was really freaky. Annihilation kind of scared the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to see that. That's, I guess that's more of like a sci-fi, right? I saw It a while ago. That, that was, was really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you probably remember watching the, the miniseries on TV. Did you I watch it? I couldn't get through the first one because yes. I was so scared shitless. Yeah. Maybe that, that movie scared the shit out of me <laughs> yeah. on TV. I remember that clearly. Yeah. I wasn't uh, too excited to go revisit it in the theater, but it did a good job, man. They did a really good job. Do clowns scare you? Yeah. 
you know what? I'm a clown. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it kind of works against me. <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? Oh my God, you're eating my arm. Uh, yeah. Why, you guys scared of clowns? I have a friend who's like really scared of clowns. Yeah. Like just talk about it or talk about clown. And yeah, because it, you know, is clowns and there's people have fears of that. So yeah. I didn't know because I know you did a film that had like clowns eating. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're channeling that fear. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I guess I'm fascinated by the people who have that fear. Yeah. And it is freaky. Like I told you, like someone just like <laughs> laughing weirdly. <laughs> right, right. right. That's a permanent thing smile where, on their face. Yeah, exactly. Where people are dressing as clowns and just like hiding or standing by the roadside silently. Oh, and yeah. people would drive by and just see a clown. It was like this. I haven't experienced. I don't know if it's a if it's an internet thing. There was no, a, like a rash thing. of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was a thing that happened. Like yeah, a walking year or two around ago. with the red yeah. balloons yeah. and chasing people, and yeah. people yeah. got fucking scared. Yeah, yeah. scary. Yeah. People got people got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being chased by someone in the woods, regardless of what their attire, <laughs> yeah. that's scary. Yeah. The yeah. clown outfit doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> and then John Wayne Gacy, his there you go, yeah. right yeah. into the. Yeah. Oh wow, that yeah. got real. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's seven o'clock. We said we'd let you go by seven, so. Oh, <laughs> seven o'clock. <laughs> uh, then each one of them was picked off one by one. Uh, why are you putting on clown makeup? <laughs> I guess we have to close the seance now. <laughs> I just do that for an hour. <laughs> oh my god! I want that as my ringtone. That is good. Really? That yeah. is good. Yikes. That is good. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Alfred Hitchcock, and this is music to be murdered by. This was the Buku Podcast, episode number 12. Special thanks to our guest, Dan Fogler. Follow him on Instagram at Dan Fogler, on Twitter at Mr. Dan Fogler, danfogler.com, and download his 4D Experience Podcast everywhere you get podcasts. The new graphic novel, Brooklyn Gladiator, available now in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, in theaters everywhere November 16th. It would mean so much to us if you get a sec to head over to iTunes and rate this show with a quick review. It helps us grow and get found, and we really appreciate it. Over to Insta, Sweet Screams. <laughs> To Eden Rosetta, Tatiana Snowden, Virginia Hutcherson, John Schnitzer, Johnny Buck. Thanks for keeping the conversation going. And thank you for listening and being such an important part of the show and our Boo Crew family. Trev for the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Fuck a duck. <laughs>